in this computer. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe Melicio. This is the Total Basis Podcast, uh, coming to you live this morning for some brunch and baseball over at the Baseball Life Facebook group. Uh, for those who are listening to us on audio-only formats, uh, whether it be Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or any of the numerous platforms that are out there, good day to you as well. Uh, a day late probably for you guys, but that's okay. I will be flying solo today as Sean could not make it. I didn't bother looking for another uh, another replacement as I just kind of wanted to be in and be out and enjoy the rest of my day. Hopefully I can get this done within uh, 30 to 35 minutes so everybody can go on to their, live their lives or whatever. I can, I mean, basically I just want to go watch the football game. I'm excited. So, but here we are. I will be sharing my screen. The return of FUBAR, which is, uh, stands for, for those in the military, that stands for fucked up beyond all recognition. It, it, for my vantage point, it stands for Felipe's Ultimate Baseball Advanced Rankings, where I use nothing but uh, advanced stats to compile these uh, composite rankings of sorts. Kind of help me make sense of Major League Baseball. So let me check my phone, make sure everything is all hunky-dory or as visually pleasing as possible. I think it is. You know what? Let's make it a little bit bigger. I mean, we don't need to know about the Rangers and Mariners today. They're, they're bad. Rangers and Mariners, I don't know what their plan is. I, I know the Mariners have some prospects coming up on the pipeline pretty soon, but I honestly don't know what the Rangers are, are doing. They got a new stadium, but there's like there's really nothing to be excited for for them. I, I don't know. Maybe our resident Rangers fan, Steven, can chime in and tell me what he's excited about being a Rangers fan. But, man, there's, like, there's, there's nothing for me. But we'll see what next year holds. But they, they need a lot of help. Um, to actually justify their brand spanky new stadium after they had one built back in the, what, the 90s, uh, the ballpark in Arlington, which is one of my favorite stadiums I've ever visited. I was fortunate enough to visit last year, so really uh, happy that I got to see it in person before they dismantled it and created this barnyard over there in Arlington. All right, so start out with the National League East. Uh, I, as we mentioned, I am a big Mets fan. I'm Mets as in terms of uh, fantasy baseball. And yeah, this is usually the fantasy baseball podcast. But uh, I like to, as I always say, I like to think that there's something for everybody in this podcast. It's more of a statistical view of baseball as opposed to just the, um, the I don't know, the eye test or the hot takes that you see from all the other shows uh, on television or even on Monday nights with Dong City, which they do an excellent job. But for those looking for something a little bit, um, uh, what do you call it, more statistic-based, this is the podcast for you. It doesn't matter if you play fantasy baseball or not. Uh, this upcoming fall and winter, we will be looking at more, uh, Sean and I will be looking more uh, statistical uh, breakdowns and even uh, get ready for the Hall of Fame as well from a statistical standpoint uh, and uh, hoping that everybody can enjoy it and we share a little bit more insight and clarity on baseball in terms of the numbers. So uh, in this instance, uh, this is my little system that I created for myself just to help me make sense of the baseball world from a st statistical standpoint. Um, and it's nothing but advanced stats. I don't use ERA whip because that's, I think that's everybody does that. So I wanted to do my own thing here. And it does, it does rank the Mets as the number one team in the National League East. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the Mets. Not, not like in terms of real baseball, just in fantasy baseball. I always like what they do there uh, in terms of their players. Unfortunately, it did not work out. I mean, they have, I mean, offensively, they scored very high here uh, in my little ranking system uh, with the emergence of Dominic Smith and a big breakout by Michael Conforto, uh, Jacob DeGrom leading the pitching staff. It just wasn't enough as they did finish with among the top 10 teams, uh, the worst 10 teams in terms of uh, wins attained for this shortened season. Uh, and uh, if you guys will see, uh, this little red hue means that they finished in the top 10. This bluish hue finish, they finish, means that they finished in the bottom 10. So sorry for those in the audio only. I am sharing my spreadsheet here. Uh, you can view this later either if you join our Baseball Life Facebook group or if you join or if you watch this on YouTube. We do have a YouTube channel over at the Life Group Podcast YouTube channel, and uh, I will be putting this on, a, on the total basis playlist for those who want to view the spreadsheet and 
are not on Facebook or whatever, or are listening to us on the audio only format, go over to YouTube, check out the, uh, the spreadsheet I have there. Yeah, just pause it. Just get to the spreadsheet and pause it and continue listening to the audio only format if you wish. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, let's see here. So that's the Mets. Uh, Mets, another year of disappointment. Uh, Mets fans are used to it though. But uh, there's, man, let me, if their bullpen can get together and they've got a little bit of a fielding issues as well, they're, they should be better than this. I always tell this to the Mets fans, and the Mets fans don't want to hear it because they just want to wallow in their own despair. But if they could just live up to a little potential, they could just get a little bit of more help. This, this could be a really dangerous team. Unfortunately, they, we only played 60 games this year. They didn't have a chance to kind of uh, um, go on a, on, on, a, on, a, on a hot streak. Too little, too late. Negative 12 run differential, as you guys can see here. Still not among the top worst or the bottom 10 teams, but still bad enough where they're seeing a team like the Braves, who uh, you know are just as good offensively, thanks to Freddie Freeman, who has become a an MVP candidate of sorts, which is rare because you know you'd see you would think that first baseman are not going to get that love anymore but he is leading the uh he's among the league leaders in uh fangraph's version of war wins above replacement which for those who don't understand how that works they usually penalize first baseman because they figure that power hitting first baseman are a dime a dozen uh which they are and then freddie freeman comes up and says okay well i'm just gonna have to super exceed all expectations among my peers and go on an mvp tear and put this team on my back uh, same thing, and I mean, he has help with Ronald Acuna, of course, but this is why I don't like the Braves. This is jarring. How are you going to be a playoff contender and have that bad of a starting rotation? And <laughs> and they've been riddled with injuries. Uh, you know, they, they hoarded all their prospects, their, their top pitching prospects. For whatever reason, they've had plenty of chances to trade some of their better uh, prospects for more veteran pitching help and the starting rotation. And they have nothing to show for it. I mean, I think it's Ian Anderson as the last of the, uh, uh, to use a cinematic phrase here, the last of the Mohicans to really get in there and salvage whatever decisions they made to not trade any other prospects to kind of carry that team into the playoffs. And that's it. Everybody else has tried and failed or has been hurt. Or uh, it's, it's not a good situation for the Braves. I don't think it is from my vantage point. What they do have is a really good uh, relief core led by, um, who was it, uh, uh, Mark Melanson as a closer who has paid dividends. Uh, unfortunately, what was it, Will Smith? I think it was Will Smith who they signed in the offseason, and I looked at his numbers, and uh, he's not lived up to that contract. <laughs> that's, that's disappointing to see. I, I always like Will Smith, but um, no, that's, that's not good. That, that's not off to a great uh, start for uh, his Braves career. However, they, uh, they picked up uh, the slack uh, for Smith's shortcomings with this kid named, or this guy named Tyler Matzik, who uh, never heard of him before, or vaguely I remember him, but he does lead the bullpen, the Braves bullpen, in Fangraph's uh, version of war. So, you know, that's their saving grace coming into this uh, postseason. Also, uh, in terms of the defensive run saves, which is the metric I use to rank this, uh, rank the teams in, in terms of their fielding, uh, that's pretty, pretty awful. They're at 1.20 weighted score. So they have some problems. I think they're the weakest uh, top four team, uh, or at least team that has the home field advantage coming into these playoffs. So, but anything can happen in a three game series. Maybe they, they turn into the Royals and the pitch, the starting rotation figures things out like the Royals did with Johnny Cueto and Edison Volquez. You know, that's pretty funny that those two were able to save the Royals in the postseason, but they could never put it together for the Reds. Uh, so we'll see if the Braves can kind of catch lightning in the bottle. I just don't see it. So Godspeed to them. The Phillies have a chance. I cannot believe that the Phillies with their awful bullpen, that has to be the worst. It is. I think it is the worst. No, the Mariners are even worse than the Phillies, but the Phillies have – I guess among the playoff contenders, they do have the worst bullpen. And that's just a recipe for disaster. I know Dong City, they don't respect the Cubs, but come on. They they picked, like a month ago or so, they picked the Phillies. And for those who don't know, Dong City is the Monday night uh, baseball podcast with uh, our, our main, um, one of our two main admins in Vince Mercandetti and Henry Maldonado. So join them tomorrow to see if they still justify the Phillies beating the Cubs, which they probably will. They don't like the Cubs over there. 
But I mean, game recognized game, and this is this this is disaster. Even the Cubs can beat up on this team. Yeah, they have a really great rotation uh, led by Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Bryce Harper is uh, the overrated Bryce Harper is uh, trying to do all he can to put that team on his back. He leads the team in uh, WRC plus. Last I checked, he is, or I believe he's also their war leader. Like. It's almost as if he's living up to that lofty contract right now. I don't know, you guys. <laughs> the best hitter on the team also happens to be the best paid hitter. Get out of here. That doesn't happen in baseball. But uh, no, uh, they. you would think they have a good uh, roster to make a deep playoff run. But right now they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives at the moment. But this is why I cannot co-sign the Phillies. I mean, that once those guys, like the Nolas and the Wheelers of the world, are – out um even in a three-game series they're, they they've been you know run out of the of the mound and in comes the, the vaunted phillies bullpen i like my chances against a really awful phillies bullpen so yeah excuse me if i'm not a phillies believer but they have to show me something first before i start believing in them and i i don't see it i just don't see it two starting pitchers can only carry you so far especially in modern baseball and members of modern baseball Speaking of modern baseball, the Marlins, uh, I believe they're the worst-ranked uh, team in my rankings among the playoff contenders, as I'm just quickly skimming here. And I think they might be the worst-graded. Yep, they are. The worst-graded playoff team in the Marlins. And somehow we're supposed to be scared of these Marlins, who have nobody worth mentioning outside of Pablo Lopez, who we've talked about at countless times on this podcast as we uh we're big fans sean and i are big fans of pablo lopez the starting pitcher for the marlins but that's all they have that's really all they have uh their bullpen is in shambles uh their hitters are their hitting lineup is middle of the pack they have some decent players on that team uh it's for me it's not it's not enough to believe in in them to make a deep run in these playoffs as crazy and wacky as these playoffs have been it's just I'm not, I'm not a Marlins believer here. So that's the NLEs. We go to the mediocre National League Central, which that's what Vince uh, mentioned it on Monday. The, the National League Central have a chance to send, I think, four teams maybe to the this year's playoffs, and somehow they're mediocre. Or at least, I'm sorry, they have four teams that have a shot to make these Major League Baseball playoffs, and somehow they're the mediocre team here. So it's <laughs> so funny. They, those guys crack me up, but hey, it, like all these other teams, like the Reds were supposed to win the division and they're, I mean, they're comfortably, uh, I think they're comfortably in the playoffs or in the driver's seat of the playoffs at the moment. Last I checked, but they were supposed to win a division. They're supposed to be the ones hosting a playoff series, not the Cubs. The Cubs already have cemented their, uh, their, their uh, home field advantage for that first round in the wild card round. And they weren't favored. They were, the Cubs were not favored to come into this year. A lot of people wrote them off and they're making the playoffs for the fifth year and for the fifth time in six uh, years. On, so Reds wish they, were, they could be like the Cubs. But one thing I wish the Cubs could be more like uh, is having that really awesome starting rotation led by Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Luis Castillo. Uh, I, I don't know why he's not as dominant as, uh, as I thought he could be, but um, that's a very dangerous uh, rotation to face in a shortened series. So there's a little bit of a upset alert going on there for the Reds. And I, I also have my playoff brackets that I'm going to display in just a moment. But um, the Reds have underperformed in terms of their hitting lineup, underperformed in terms of the bullpen, which would explain why they haven't lived up to expectations this year. But, hey, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. And that is one team that many teams should be afraid to meet in the postseason. Brewers, we talked about the Brewers constantly. Uh, they're hitting with Christian Yelich slumping, and uh, that's just a mess. That is a big mess. They they are basically blowing it for a prime career in Christian Yelich. They didn't – they let a lot of their uh, best hitters go to free agency. They didn't do anything to replace them, uh, and now they're paying the price. They're, they might not make the playoffs this year, and it sucks because they actually have a good – pitching staff not just in the starting uh, not just the bullpen which i've been singing their praises uh, since march about how awesome their bullpen is but the starting rotation has surprised a lot of people i've always thought they had a sneaky good rotation but even i've been blown away 
with their uh, with their emergence, led by Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns before he got hurt. So even if they make the playoffs, they'll be short staffed a little bit. But I mean, that that's that they have the pitching staff has super exceeded my expectations uh, there. And as Renee chimes in and says a quick hello, hello Renee, Renee from San Antonio, big Mets fan over there. Uh, what was I talking about? The Brewers, yeah. So they're fighting for their playoff lives. If they make it, that's their their pitching staff up and down, number one through number thirteen, or how many pitchers they have. That is a formidable pitching staff to meet in the playoffs. But we'll see if they even make it first. The Cubs, decent rotation led by Hugh Darvish and uh, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Fielding, you know, they fielding covers up a lot of uh, mistakes on the pitching staff for sure. Middle of the pack relief core, which is pretty amazing because they've been pretty damn bad. So hopefully that's a good sign that in 2016, the Cubs were middle of the pack in terms of relief rankings as well. So I'm hoping that that's a good sign for the 2020 season. I don't think so, especially if their hitters are going to be this awful. Bottom 10, that, that, that's, that's, that's unacceptable. You cannot be a bottom 10 hitting lineup with that much talent on that team. I'm sorry, that that's you can only survive on pitching and, and defense and, and a so-so relief court, but they this right here, the offense needs to step up big time. I mean, Chris Bryant needs to get out of that slump, whatever slump he's going through right now. Javi Baez needs to be more selective. Kyle Schwarber needs to put the ball in play more. I don't know how with the shift uh, that they play on him all the time, but, you know, they make up for it in other areas. Javier Baez leading the way at shortstop, the most important position, also being the most important defensive player uh, on the infield. That helps a lot. And that has led them to be among the top 10 in terms of wins. And that's why they will be hosting uh, playoffs in the first round in the wild card round. So, and they do enough in terms of run differential, top 10. So as even though people don't believe in the Cubs, they somehow find ways to, I don't know, Surprise people, I guess, to say the least. But they really need to step up if they're going to be um, contending for the championship, let alone getting out of the first round. Because there's going to be some tough matchups in the first round, for real, and, and, including one in the Cardinals. The Cardinals might make uh, might make the playoffs. Um, I believe if the Cardinals win today and other other games fall the Cardinal way, <laughs> the Cardinal way. <laughs> I crack myself up. The Cardinal way, right? Uh, they don't. I, I believe they have a doubleheader tomorrow against the Tigers. Last I checked, if if things go the Cardinal way today, they may not need to play those makeup games. Which, <laughs> yeah, they, they're only at fifty-seven games right now. Uh, everybody else is at uh, getting close to sixty, and the Cardinals might foolishly make the playoffs regardless. This is the team that violated uh, COVID-19 health protocols and now they're getting rewarded because uh, yeah, just, I don't know. It, it's just strange for me. I don't like it when teams don't play the full, they're not um, obligated to play all full 162 or in this case, a full 60 game season. And they're still going to get rewarded by having a good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't sit well for me, but uh, even if they make the playoffs, I mean, I believe they're led by Adam Wainwright or Jack Flaherty, I guess would be the, Others started, but it's only been good enough to be a middle-of-the-pack rotation. Cardinals always find these little scrubs in their minor league system that get called up into the major leagues, and I don't know, Cardinal magic, Cardinal way juice, I don't know. They always end up uh, contributing to the major league roster, which, whatever, it drives me crazy. It may not work for them this year. It may work for them this year. Who knows? It's a 50-50 chance as far as I can tell. Bullpen's awful. The bullpen has not shown up. I mean, the bullpen was in shambles before the season started. They they didn't have a set closer. Uh, Andrew Miller's getting old. I, I, yeah, I believe that that's correct. I believe Andrew Miller's still on the team last I checked. I didn't bother. I admit I didn't bother checking on the Cardinals bullpen because once I saw that they were a bottom 10 bullpen, I didn't think that they were worth talking about. But uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. But now my interest has been peaked. So let's take a look to see who's on that vaunted Cardinals bullpen. Uh, they do have a top 10 fielding uh, score. As I found out that Tyler O'Neill has played a very good left field for them this season. So maybe that's why they're able to get away with so much deficiencies on this team. 
just like the Cubs, I guess you could say. But uh, no, I, I'm kind of wary of the Cardinals because it seems like they are always that sneaky team that just everybody sleeps on and then they go really far and they get rewarded for doing the bare minimum. So this might be another one of those years where they do the bare minimum and they get rewarded and they uh, spoil, they play the role of spoiler for a lot of these better teams. So uh, yeah, let's, I guess I shouldn't, uh, what do you call it? Write them off so easily. Cardinals led by John Gant, who last, I thought he was a starter, but apparently he got switched to the bullpen, I believe. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos has uh, been really good coming in relief, but he is not the closer. Matter of fact, they don't have closers. They have a bullpen by committee. So, yeah, they have that going for them. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so you're going you're gonna to count on a bullpen that has no set roles. They just uh, fly by the seat of their pants. I'm sorry, there's other bull, better bullpens coming into these major league playoffs, but it is the Cardinals, so who knows? They they are uh, they are baseball's uh, they are baseball's mistake, for lack of a better term. They are the, <laughs> but we'll see. That's why they play the games, right? And in this wacky season, anything can happen. So I'm, I won't count the Cardinals off just yet, but I just not a hundred percent firm believers in them. Put it this way: they got to make the playoffs first. They they're still on the outside looking in, so we'll see what happens today. All games, I believe, start at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern. So we should have answers shortly in terms of playoff, uh, permanent playoff seedings going forward. Dodgers, best team in baseball. Yes, they are. Put them on the board. Slightly edging out the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll get to them later. But Dodgers are just loaded. Um, they not only have a good mix of veterans, but it just that's, that's just a baseball factory led by Andrew Friedman at the front office. One guy goes down, that's okay. They have a highly touted prospect waiting for his opportunity. You know, Walker Buehler not living up to expectations. That's okay. Tony Gonsolin will be there to uh, pick up the pieces. Uh, and uh, for those who want to congratulate the Dodgers for only doing it the right way or not, uh, what do you call it, uh, manufacturing talent in their farm system, yeah, and then they go out and trade for Mookie Betts. I mean, they are a very aggressive team in terms of just getting – listen, it doesn't matter if it's homegrown or if they got to go and purchase it or they got to, you know, trade away three other prospects to get a really good player. They just accumulate talent like nobody else, and this is why they're the best team in all of baseball this year uh, in terms of my little ranking system here, in terms of the, the actual number of wins, I believe. Yes, they do. As of yesterday, last night, they do lead the league in wins. So there you have it. They also lead the league in run differential. The um, Los Angeles Dodgers. Other teams, other players worth mentioning, starting pitching, led by uh, Clayton Kershaw, which I know, past playoff performance. But, you know, that's the beauty about these major league playoffs, right? You start with a fresh slate every postseason, right? So hopefully that's what Clayton Kershaw needs for the umpteen times. And the best time... The best part about this is they don't have to face the cheating Astros. So there you go. Or any other team that might be cheating who are now kind of uh, resorting to finding other ways to cheat. But that's neither here nor there. That's a different podcast for a different time. Probably a Monday nights where they uh, share their, their kooky conspiracy theories over there. <laughs> Much love to Dong City, though. I love those guys. Henry, Vince, you my boys. We compliment each other very well. I joke because I love. Speaking of love, love their bullpen. Dodgers, Kenley Jansen, closer, Jake McGee. Jake freaking McGee. I thought this guy's career was over. He comes in and uh, emerges. Uh, he comes in and uh, leads the team and strike out for nine innings. And I also believe he, le he lets the, leads the bullpen in uh, Fangraph's version of wins above replacement, the F war. So I'm telling you, man, Dodgers, just when you think they're, they're done and they're finished, they come up and next man up. And they put him in the right situation, and all they do is perform for this team. It's it's a sight to see. And and, and if it wasn't that, there's like really no weakness here. Even their fielding is top ten. Yeah, their fielding is. I believe they're the best uh, team along with the Cardinals on this list uh, in terms of fielding defensive metrics. Uh, Mookie Betts not only can he, you know, lay wood on the bat, but 
He cover. He plays his position very well. Has a strong arm. Covers a lot of ground. Right field. Makes very little mistakes. It's it's just a. It's an absolute joy and a luxury to have a two-way player like that. A guy who can come in offensively and perform defensively as well. Dodgers are loaded, man. Speaking of loaded, though, the Padres. The damn shame that they have to share the division with the Dodgers. In another division, uh, the Padres would be dominating right now. That's a really good team over there in San Diego. I've always loved them for a long time, and they're finally putting things together. Uh, Manny Machado um, paying dividends uh, almost immediately. I know that he kind of had a, a an adjustment period, so to, so to speak, uh, last year. He still finished with decent numbers, just not the lofty numbers that uh, match up with the lo- uh, lofty contract. But so far this year... He's just like Bryce Harper leading, leading uh, that uh, Padres team into the postseason. Um, all shortcomings that people have of him have been nullified. He's living up to that contract. He's, I mean, the Padres, usually teams, they wait until their, their best minor league player reaches a certain threshold so they can get another year out of them on the team control. Manny Machado, team leader that he is, he says, you know what, screw that. Bring up this Tatis kid. Fernando Tatis Jr. needs to be on this team right now, day one. Uh, 2019 the Padres listen and that's what happened you know that's what veteran leadership does for you that's what that goes into the contract that you pay for see that a lot of people they they pretend that they're major league baseball owners and they suddenly become chiefs case like what what the hell do you care it's not your money and the market is the market if a 26 27 year old Manny Machado goes for a gargantuan amount of money what's it like north of 300 million dollars for the next 10 or 11 years or whatever that contract was screw it what do you care it's not your money the owners already got their money they're gonna be guaranteed a numbers a set number of fans into the stands uh whenever this covid uh thing goes away but but they already know how many fans will be showing up they already know how, how much fans uh spend in concessions and they already got their tv deals done they got their money this is free money. They're spending money, whatever. They, they're not going to go into famine uh, if Manny Machado gives you nine years of bad baseball. But you pay that big price because, number one, he's young, um, especially compared to other free agents. Like, he's really young. Number two, you're still kind of guaranteed to get really good, maybe three, four, five, six at the most, really good seasons of Manny Machado. And thirdly, the, the leadership. Yeah, I know people don't like the idea of Manny Machado being a clubhouse leader or whatever, but, I mean, this is why you get him. He sets the tone up. He, put it this way. The, the Padres would not be this good if Manny Machado was a slouch. And him going out of his way to telling the Padres, hey, bring up this Tatis kid. He needs to be up here. I'll play third base. And remember, the rumor was that he refused to play third base. He wanted to play shortstop. Like, he did not want to play uh, – any other position but shortstop once he signed on a dotted line for whatever team. He sees Fernando Tatis Jr. and says, oh, no, screw it, I'll play third base, but he needs to be brought up right now. And it's paid off dividends. Tatis has his um, his welcome to the show uh, mo- uh, moments last year, and this year it's just he becomes the best player in all of baseball in terms of – I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. He's the best uh, hitter in fantasy baseball, he's, and I believe he still leads all uh, – I didn't – I don't memorize these numbers, and I didn't check, but I believe that he still is among the lead leaders, if not the best player in terms of uh, Fangraphs War. So there you have that, and this is a reward. They believe in Machado. They believe in Tatis. The starting rotation's coming slowly but surely. There's still a lot of holes in that rotation, but when you guys, when you got a guy like Denelson Lamette just coming back strong from Tommy John surgery. And that is a player we talked about numerous times throughout the season right here on this podcast, the Total Basis Podcast. We like him. Uh, he doesn't have a tertiary pitch. I think he's the fastball and slider pitcher. I think mostly sliders is what we found out, thanks to Sean's uh, uh, constant work as a, as a fantasy baseball scout. But, hey, whatever works, whatever it, it works, it just has to work is what I'm saying. And, Lamette uh, has uh, yields a high number of strikeouts. And, but just in case Lamette can't do it on his own, they brought in Mike Clevenger, who has already been ace-like for them. Uh, well, not ace-like, but, uh, I mean, he's among he's up there as um, one of the, the league uh, statistical leaders for this San Diego Padres team. 
uh, after four starts, I believe. So I know he's hurt right now, but expectations is that he will be playing in the postseason. And the bullpen. Bullpen, I've been a big fan of their bullpen for years now. Among some of the best in the business, and I know that a lot of the guys have been traded. Kirby Yates isn't there, like, in years past. But all they do is, you know, next man up, just like the Dodgers, right? You know, Kirby Yates can't close out games. That's all right. We'll get Trevor Rosenthal from the Royals. He's not doing anything worthwhile for them. We'll bring him in. Drew Pomerantz, all right, we'll just – statistically speaking, he's the best relief pitcher on that team. Drew Pomerantz. Step up. Do the Andrew Miller role from a few years back. He's left-handed, but he's also the best relief pitcher. So he's going to be used in high-leverage situations. And Pomerantz was supposed to be a starting pitcher, like at the very least a mid-rotation starting pitcher. And he's and just like many left-handed pitchers, he's found a good home in the bullpen, and he's uh, been a major help for that team. I love the Padres. I don't know if I like them better than the Dodgers, but the Padres have been that team. Uh, that I've been kind of keeping an eye on for years, and they're finally living up to all expectations. Giants, San Francisco, a big surprise. I, I remember I remember when Sean and I talked about the Giants and just how awful that team looked. And I remember telling him, well, at least they got Kevin Gossman. They might get, they might get a good season out of him, and so far they have. Uh, I think he's become like their pitching ace uh, the, uh, by default. What I, what, what I wasn't expecting was for their bolt, uh, their hitters to – come through as they're yeah as they're kind of taking advantage of the uh of the big ballpark uh hitting more balls to the gap and it's just a, a sight to see brandon belt he is the wrc leader that's the weighted runs created plus which anything above 100 is above league average anything below 100 is below league average and brandon belt at the age of what 34 years old last i checked leading that giants team uh, in weighted runs created plus WRC plus, uh, Mike Yastrzemski, little Yaz, uh, Carl, uh, Yaz is uh, the Red Sox legend. That's his uh, grandchild. He leads the team in F WAR. Well, he's been very valuable this season. I think at one point he he was considered uh, a heavy favorite to get the MVP. That's how good he's been this year, especially when he got off to that hot start earlier this year. But they. I mean, outside of the people I mentioned, they just – the rotation is, is a lot to – it's lacking, so to speak. And that's why they're playing for uh, – they're fighting for their playoff lives at the moment. But they've been a nice story this season. I'll give I'll give them the propers. Uh, they've exceeded all of my expectations. I thought they were going to be a, a punching back for the National League. And, no, I mean, they held their own, and now they have a shot to make the playoffs. And – Go from there. We now switch to the American League. I guess I'll go ahead and uh, display the Rangers and Mariners. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, hide these little teams here. Actually, let's hide the Dodgers, the National League West. Bear with me. There we are. So now we focus on the American League. What do you guys think? You guys like that? Rays at the top. Yankees uh, not too far from the from the pack there. Actually, they're farther than I thought, but Yankees, uh, it looks, they, I feel like the Yankees are getting healthy coming into this postseason, and they could be a real danger, I believe. So but let's start with the Rays. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of household names, is pretty much, especially on their lineup. Not a lot of household names on that lineup, but just, they're basically the communism of, of Major League Baseball. It, it, they, uh, they do it. They do a lot with um, the parts uh, being better than, than the whole, or well, however that saying goes, and and that's them in a nutshell. Uh, they combine their hitting it does enough to torment other teams, and it's led by Brandon Lau. I always like Brandon Lau. It's just you know he's left-handed, so there's a lot of platooning going on in Tampa Bay. I mean that's what their lineup is set for. Their lineup is set to put their hitters in the best possible situation to succeed. So they don't have a set lineup. They just have a bunch of uh, guys that can go in and play uh, based on the situation at hand. So basically a, a lineup by committee, kind of like the Cardinals bullpen by committee that I just uh, shared with you not too long ago. The, the Rays have a hitting lineup by committee, and 
this might be the future of baseball for those teams who don't want to spend the money like the Padres uh, did uh, last offseason with Manny Machado. So it, it's cheap, and I guess it works because, like I said, you're not forcing hitters to play uh, to their weaknesses, and you're always putting them in their best situation, their best foot forward. So we'll see if that translates to playoff success. But there's a lot to like about the Tampa Bay Rays purely from a baseball standpoint. Like a, a baseball purist standpoint, you love the Rays. From a casual standpoint, you don't know what to make of the Rays because they don't have a lot of household names, especially from their everyday players. What they do have is strong pitching. I mean, their pitching staff is, is what's carrying this team for the most part. I know that they're a top 10 in this chart on everything, including their fielding. But the rotation is what's leading them. Tyler Glass now, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell. That, that is a dominant force right there to be reckoned with. Uh, relief pitching led by Nick Anderson, who's become the de facto closer, despite the fact that they also go by a bullpen by committee. But Nick Anderson has, since he's been acquired by, uh, from the Marlins last year, or was it last year, I believe? Either way, Nick Anderson has been the class of that Rays bullpen, and they are loaded. They are loaded. I love the Rays bullpen, just like I love the Padres bullpen. I love the Rays bullpen even more. They got some guys that can throw heat and that will fluster hitters, frustrate hitters. Once they come in, it's all it's it's all she wrote, uh, basically. Um, and they have really good fielders as well, uh, led by Kevin Kiermeyer. But I, I think people know who Kevin Kiermeyer is as as uh, as very as unpopular as a razor, I think people know who Kevin Kiermeyer is. He's basically a, a human highlight uh, every single night for that team. Move on to the Yankees. The Yankees are a scary team because I've always liked the Yankees. They 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 seem to have the resources and the the, the, the roster to go far in the playoffs. For whatever reason, it hasn't translated well. Say what you will about the Astros robbing them, but you know what? What what was the excuse in 2018? where supposedly the Astros stopped cheating. What's the excuse from 2019, where the Astros definitely stopped cheating, apparently? Otherwise, why, why didn't the Astros win a championship in 2019? How did the Nationals – what made the Nationals and the Red Sox – well, that's another story for another time. I know the Red Sox uh, also are under murky waters in 2018. So at any rate, uh, you know, Yankees have a good team. And just like the Dodgers, anytime one of their players goes down, they've always found a way to get the next man up and perform. I think this year, though, they uh, they showed that they were at their um, uh, thinning out in terms of uh, resources, in terms of depth. They really were tested out there. But I feel like they're coming healthy together at the right possible time. And that is going to pay dividends, as you will see. Rotation, led by Garrett Cole, is a lot better than people give, a, give them credit for. The relief core, for many, 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 many years, uh, in the last, I would say, few seasons or so, maybe since 2016, they've been among the best relief pitching core in all of baseball. But you saw this year that, uh, that the dents are starting to show up this year, and they have not been as good as in years past. So it's going to be interesting if this relief staff can show up big time in the playoffs, especially for Arolas Chapman, who's supposed to be the leader of that bullpen. He's been perpetually on uh, spring training mode. At least that's what Yankee fans tell me. I mean, okay, well, playoffs are right, right around the corner. He, spring training mode better be over for him. I know he's hurt. I forgot what's wrong with him. Well, what's wrong with him is that he chokes in the playoffs. But other than that, I don't know what else is wrong with this guy. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not interested in seeing it. I just know that Yankees have a good team, but they have a lot to take care of before they get to the next level. But we'll see how that goes. I will unveil my Major League Playoffs predictions. Uh, a little a day early, we still don't know. But based on the information we have so far, I just want to kind of make it my unofficial official prediction so to speak blue jays uh yeah blue jays is getting fed up weak eastern seaboard teams like the orioles and the red sox and they definitely benefit from a 
<laughs> from a shortened season and playing like teams like the uh, like the Nationals who suck, the Marlins who are the weakest playoff team on on uh, and and a very awful Phillies team as well, even though they might make the playoffs. So yeah, they got fat off of that. They do have a really good offense led by of all people, De Oscar Hernandez, who I had on my fantasy teams uh, for a little bit, and then he started sucking. He strikes out way too much, but he did finish with leading that Blue Jays team with a really good uh, wins uh, created runs plus uh, WRC plus. He he led the Blue Jays in that category. Bo Bichette is another name to keep an eye on, as you guys know, I am a big fan of Bo Bichette. Unfortunately, I don't know if that has a lot. The fielding score, I don't know if that has a lot to do with Bichette not being there uh, for the entirety of the year. Regardless, Blue Jays appear to be control of their playoff destiny. I think they're automatically in. So they just, I think uh, we're trying to figure out who they will be facing in that first round. It looks like it might be the Rays for all intents and purposes, but I'm not a big believer in the Blue Jays. So let's move on. This is a very strong division right here. The the AL Central. Oh boy, I know the Indians have no chance to win that division. As I uh, take a sip of my coffee, let me take a little coffee break. As uh, this, this is tough, you guys, doing a solo sh uh, show is really hard, especially when you're taking it, you're doing it in one take. So, cheers uh, to everybody having their morning joe right now. So bear with me. Uh, you know what? I deserve a second. So. Yeah. Indians, as you guys can see, weak offensively. That has been their Achilles heel, led by Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, but they're just short everywhere else. But again, pitching and defense, that's what saves this team. Rotation is deadly. I think that 10.5 might be the best uh, in all of baseball or at least among one of the best in all of baseball. So led by uh, what, what I have here, the uh, Shane Beavers of the world. Zach Plesak has emerged as a really good uh, rotation piece as well. And their bullpen, uh, they're loaded there too on the back end as well, uh, led by Brad Hand, former Padres. Uh, I believe he was also the closer, but either way, Former Padres relief pitcher, like I said, I've been liking the Padres even back in the day when Brad Hand was a closer, and James Karinchek, uh, who leads the team, uh, actually co-leads the team in F4 along with Brad Hand. Karinchek is one of those guys we talk ad nauseum about. We really like him a lot, and he's basically been leading the Indians uh, bullpen for the majority of the year. Cesar Hernandez has stepped up uh, to be an everyday second baseman. He's the main reason why. This team is among one of the better teams in terms of fielding. Uh, and according to this chart, the Indians should be better than the Twins and White Sox. Unfortunately, uh, for whatever reason, well, I mean, the, the hitting has to be the hitting has let them down. So now they're I, they're in the playoffs. They just they're not going to host any of these games, and they're always going to be the bottom seed. Not that it matters in terms of the bubble, but um, yeah, but. For all intents and purposes, like maybe if the season were longer, they can, the hitters can regress and pick up the slack and make a late surge if there was like another month or so left in the season, but there's not. It is what it is. So the Twins, in the driver's seat of this division at 36 and 23 as of this morning, uh, the starting pitching is a lot better than I anticipated. The hitters have been disappointing, however. I remember... I love the, the the hitters, uh, uh, the hitting lineup of the Twins coming into the season. But I know that they were marred in a big time slump in, in the middle of the year. I mean, that's the reason why there's a there's like three uh, there's three teams who had a shot of winning this division because the Twins kind of went into a slump back then. But the bullpen is is the class of this team. Led by guys, led by the three T's: Tyler Clipper, Tyler Duffy, Taylor Rogers. And if you guys want to include Trevor May, who I'm a big fan of, I know that the numbers don't show it, but I am a big fan of Trevor May. Uh, if he could just put it together, he could get uh, at him as the fourth T. But for the, the meantime, those three guys that I just mentioned—Clipper, Duffy, Rogers—has uh, 
made for a very formidable uh, back end of the pitching staff. Fielding, led by Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is many things, but one uh, is uh, many things, and one of the things that he isn't uh, is living up to his potential as a five-tool player. But, hey, he displays that defensive tool all the time out there. He leads the team in defensive run save, playing a very good center field. So that guy covers a lot of ground. And like I said, they are in control of their destiny. Win, and they're in uh, in terms of winning this division. If they lose, then it gets very interesting. So we shall see what happens after today. The White Sox, uh, we talked about their lineup at nauseum this season, led by Jose Abreu. Really good hitting lineup. Uh, I know that a lot of the young players have hit a rookie wall, even in a shortened season. Uh, the rookie wall is real. Uh, Luis Robert has been pretty much non-existent as a hitter in the last month or so as teams have figured out a way to just mess around with him and his timing. And he's not seeing those big fat pitches that he was seeing at the beginning of the, of the year. But what one thing that he does do is play a mean center field, just like Byron Buxton. So, you know, he might not be hitting the ball, but damn it, he covers a lot of ground. We've seen it. We've seen it. You got two corner outfielders for the White Sox, and Eloy Jimenez and, and uh, Nomar Mazzara with lead feet. So Robert has to cover not just center field, but left field and right field, and he's done a bang-up job, especially for a rookie, considering that a lot of the, the outfield uh, assignments go in terms of the five balls. Uh, I feel like rookies tend to seed to the veterans. But, I mean, we've seen Robert go all the way into left field to catch fly balls for Aloy Jimenez. <laughs> so that's how much ground this guy covers. And that, 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 should be a, that, that should be fun to watch at the very least. So hopefully he puts it together. Because once Robert is in there um, and, and his head is on straight and he's figuring out how to hit big league hitting, this is a very deadly team, the White Sox are. But right now, they're kind of limping into the playoffs. They had a big win last night against the Cubs. So, and again, once again, led by Jose Abreu, who's, been, who's becoming a, a, an MVP candidate of sorts. Bullpen for the White Sox have been surprising, as Evan Marshall has picked up the slack where Aaron Bummer has uh, failed because of injuries. So, Evan Marshall, White Sox savior in that bullpen. And now we move to the West, the American League West. Not a big fan of the American League. I know uh, the American League West, I should say. I think it's probably the weakest division of all, uh, um, along with the National League East, I guess you could say. But I think no, I think this is weak right here. Uh, the A's, I think that might be – yeah, and I already hit the other teams, but they are the class of that division. But I think it's by default. Um, the middle of the pack hitters – and now they don't have Matt Chapman either, so that sucks for them. I think I, that's another team that's kind of limping into these playoffs. Uh, middle of the pack starting rotation. I've never liked the A's rotation coming into the season. Not Never been a big fan. Uh, but obviously they do enough to survive and get by. So there's that. But this, the real class of that team is their bullpen, led by Liam Hendricks, who's been one of the better relief pitchers for the last five or six seasons now. I mean, all, all that guy does is work. And he's now uh, – I feel like he's now – getting the recognition that he deserves. A's, on the other hand, conversely, they do have a weak fielding team. So will that affect them in the playoffs? We shall see. Angels will rank ahead of the Astros, based mostly because of the offensive score, led by Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. Uh, bullpen kind of surprising, but they do have some decent guys there, as shocking as it is. Uh, guys like uh, Mike Myers, who has led the team in uh, war and strikeouts per nine. So a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for the Angels fans. But they listen, it, when you have Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout on the team, it's a good start. Angels have – it is imperative that they need to shore up that lineup. They need to shore up that rotation. They need to shore up that bullpen. It's a good starting base. It's a really good starting base, but they need more. Obviously, I mean, you don't need, you guys don't need me to tell you this, but I think the problem is that Angel fans get their hopes up because they do have Mike Trout and they did sign Anthony Rendon and they lived up to expectations, but it's everywhere else that all these other players need to step up or the team needs to step up and start getting number one, developing players that can help out those other two guys I just mentioned, but also acquire talent via free agency and trades. 
be more aggressive out there. I know it's hard and, and you can't control what these free agents do, but you, you need to start being more aggressive if you're going to take advantage of the fact that Trout and Rendon, in terms of advanced statistics, show that they could be a contending team for the American League West, which is there for the taking. Because I don't, the A's, like I said, I like the A's. I don't like them enough where they scare me. They can be had. You just got to try. Instead, the Astros will go in there into these playoffs, despite the fact that they've been riddled with injuries, big-time slumps from one of their better players. Statistically speaking, you can justify their struggles, especially for Rosale too. But it's just it's really hard to not have it in your mind that, well, their system of cheating is no longer there, therefore. But then how does that explain a guy like George Springer, right? And the emergence of Kyle Tucker um, as well. So uh, Zach Greinke still, he's just ageless at this point. Uh, he's he's going to be leading that rotation. How far will that rotation go? It's, it's a complete patchwork outside of Greinke. And no, Justin Verlander isn't going to come out of that dugout, I don't think. Oh, yeah, Tommy John surgery. He's probably, he's probably done at this point. So, no, so th- this is it. The last hurrah for the Astros for a while. We shall see. And uh, again, no Bobby Bear this year. Roberto, Roberto Ozuna, I believe, uh, out for the season, if I remember correctly. Ryan Presley finally living, getting comfortable in that closer role, last I checked. So that's their best relief pitcher, according to the advanced stats. And there you have it, all 30, or not all 30, but that is how all of these teams are shaping up to be. And, well, I wanted to do 35 minutes tops, and uh, let's see, what am I doing here? I'm about an hour in, so let's quickly move on to the next spreadsheet here. Uh, Well, I wanted to surprise you guys with my World Series winner, but oh well. Meanwhile, meanwhile, let's take a look at some of these comments. Matthew Nyland talking about a Minnesota Twins fan up in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, I believe. Good guy, a good guy, good friend of mine, good Facebook friend of mine, I should say. I've never met the guy, but. Seems to be a legit guy, legit kid. Good guy, good fellow. Yeah. Talking about, imagine a COVID-19 never happened. Cleveland never had to trade Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, because he wanted to break protocol. Or imagine if COVID-19 never happened and they're not forced to punish both Clevenger and Zach Plesak. Maybe they have Clevenger and Plesak uh, be a part of those uh, games and maybe they're Maybe they're the ones who are fighting in the in the front seat of the division for the American League Central. A lot of White Sox fans were telling me, "Oh, well, well I'm not, I'm only worried about the Twins. I'm not really worried about Cleveland. Cleveland looks at their shot." And then COVID happened, and suddenly the Indians, who were talking about trading all their best players, the only player that they traded away was Mike Clevenger, and that was I feel like that was more of a punishment more than. Well, I guess they wanted to get in early on on trading him away while his stock was up. But, yeah, let, let's face it, COVID, him breaking the COVID protocols, if if Clevenger's plan was to escape from Cleveland, a uh, mission accomplished. But, yeah, if, if he doesn't break those protocols, we're probably talking about the Indians in a different manner at this point, aren't we? Uh Nyland, I guess, is also pointing out the Twins uh, with his comments saying, terrible, not disappointing, but who would have thought losing our hitting coach would cause such a big regression? I believe, if I remember correctly, and Matthew can correct me on this one, I believe I believe I thought I saw a story about their hitting coach foregoing the season due to COVID. So, yeah, that's another thing we have to consider is that a lot of the coaches who would normally be on these teams helping them out, uh, are at home for health issues. So that's yeah, a very good point. So this is the playoff picture as of 9-27-2020. Uh, this is Sunday morning, as we mentioned, as we're wrapping up this show. Here are my predictions, and we'll just go one by one, rapid fire, so we can go end this show and go back to watching football. And maybe I can even eat a quick breakfast before the Bears annihilate the Falcons today. Go Bears! Rays. I see them beating the Blue Jays. I just, I, as I mentioned, I don't like the Blue Jays. I think, uh, yeah, that it's whatever at this point. But 
<laughs> Twins and Indians, uh, I'll pick the upset. Give me Cleveland. I think the rotation in a three-game series is uh, even on, on the road. It's just too good to pass up. Astros and A's. The, the, I, I, as you guys can see, I, I, I felt like doing. Uh, I felt like picking upset, even in Oakland. I think the Astros. This is interesting because this is this is Mike Fires' uh, new team facing the old team that he snitched on to get this uh, investigation going. So, uh, I. That's fine. Mike Fires, baseball hero. He still sucks. I'm not a believer in Mike Fires. I'm sorry. Aside from the snitching, which I kind of use that term as as um, jokingly. I mean, it's good that he whistleblowed, but it's just kind of interesting <laughs> that he benefited greatly from all that. And I understand you. You don't want to. It's hard being a whistleblower. I mean, usually they get punished severely, more than the people committing the crimes, as we see in Washington D.C. and in corporate worlds and in the politics life. But uh, in this case, uh, he's just not – I don't – I just don't see him being that good to carry that ace team. And like I said, I think the ace are limping into these playoffs. So are the Astros, but I'll take Zach Greinke uh, to steal game one from them or whatever whatever game he's going to steal. And then you get to a coin flip game and you kind of, like Sean mentioned in the previous prediction show on the 13th of September, I believe, once you get to that point, you got to go with the intangibles. Astros do have playoff experience. The A's are, they, they're not there. And they really don't have anything going for them where you're like, oh, my God, this ace team is so freaking good. I, I don't feel it. So call that an intangible. But based on the numbers as well, I mean, I, I, I just don't feel it for them this year. Yankees and White Sox. Well, this sucks for the White Sox. Uh, last time, I think I had the White Sox going to the American League Championship Series. If they have to face the Yankees in the first round, even at, at, uh, at uh, playing on the south side of Chicago, I don't like their chances. I think the Yankees are getting healthy at the right time. I know Aaron Boone gets a lot of shit for resting their players, and the Yankees' uh, health staff also get a lot of uh, flack for not – having their team healthy or using questionable treatments or whatever the case may be. But I think the Yankees are coming together slowly but surely at the best opportune time for them. The rotation has been pretty good, even with all the injuries, led by Garrett Cole, which unfortunately the White Sox have Lucas Giolito to counter that. But I, I like Garrett Cole better than Giolito. So. And the bullpen, I know I mentioned that the bullpen – looks a lot better for the White Sox than it does for the Yankees. But I got to go with the experience here. I have to. I, I think the White Sox are slumping at the wrong time. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but I just – I'm not as confident as I was in the White Sox last time, as I uh, this time around, as I was last time. So give me the Yankees. So now we got two low seeds in the ALCS in the uh, – as I do a little bit of formatting here, this is, just, this is kind of driving me crazy here. Cleveland and – New York in the playoffs in whatever bubble they're going to be playing. I forgot which one, which stadium. doesn't matter. Even a neutral, in a neutral field, I feel like choosing the upset. I, like I said, Cleveland has really good teams, but they've all, I've also seen Cleveland with better teams in years past lose this Yankees team. And like I said, the Yankees led by DJ LeMahieu. Who would have thought on a team with Giancarlo Satin and Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez for – better or for worse all these guys with better uh, glabar torres these guys with better upside dj lemayhew the, the crafty veteran the steady veteran is going to lead that team into this 2020 playoffs and i'm a big fan of dj lemayhew and that alone is worth the price of admission to pick the yankees to make it to the world series this year over the national league dodgers 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 i don't care who they're facing Dodgers to the World Series. Dodgers to win the World Series. Uh, so there's your spoiler alert. I even color-coded it with Dodger color. Do well, I guess that's as close to Dodger blue as I can get it. But let's look at the other lineups, uh, the other matchups, Braves and Reds. I talk about how bad the Reds are in the rotation. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the Reds are very good in the rotation. I think that might be enough for the Reds to pull off the upset. Marlins and Cubs. Marlins suck. Cubs are better. Cubs to advance as a number three seed. Padres, super team. Cardinals are scrub, a team full of scrubs. Padres to win that series in San Diego. C 
Cubs and Padres in the bubble. I wanted to pick the Cubs because I'm a big homer. As you guys know, I'm a big White Sox and Cubs fan. Yeah, guys, leave that kid alone, man. He wants to – now, I forgot his name, but he just wants to show his love for both the Angels and the Dodgers. Uh, kind of confusing because the, the Angels are in Orange County and the Dodgers are actually – they actually play in Los Angeles. But that's what, – what is that? I think that's like a like a 90-minute drive. So it's kind of confusing. But you know what? SoCal – SoCal fans want to be SoCal fans. Let the guy be rooting for both teams. Let him have it. Who cares? Besides, we all know that West Coast fans are casual fans anyway, so whatever. <laughs> <They don't... laughs> uh, so, yeah, I like the Padres. I think they – if it wasn't for the Dodgers, the Padres would be that super team in the National League. Unfortunately, they do have to face the Dodgers eventually. I, I just don't see the Dodgers uh, losing to the Reds. As good as the Reds' rotation as I – I just don't see the Dodgers uh, having trouble with the Reds, and I, you know, it, it's a it's a it is a really tough proposition to make because when you have a guy like Clayton Kershaw with all the baggage that he carries with him in the playoffs, it is it does become a leap of faith. But I am hoping that this is going to be a reminder of how much of a team sport baseball is. The Dodgers have the better team. Therefore, the Dodgers should not only make it to the National League Championship Series and make it to the World Series, but finally be rewarded for their efforts in, in the last five, six, seven years. Well, I forgot when Andrew Friedman became the uh, the general manager for that team or the, the, the main executive for that team. But it's his show. He's been the very best at the game uh, the game has to offer in terms of front office personnel and if this isn't if this isn't the year for him to be rewarded for his efforts i just don't know when that will be i mean this team is firing on all cylinders offensively and pitching they have a really good bullpen they got mookie bets now i mean what more do you guys want what more do they need? I mean, yeah, they need better starting rotation, obviously, because right now they're being led by a bunch of young guys and Clayton Kershaw. And But we shall see if this is the year that comes together for them. But if they have to face the Yankees in the World Series, playing it in my head, I like the Dodgers. As your 2020 bubble team, or uh, bubble playoff championship series team, whatever. And that wraps it up for me. Okay, so I promised maybe 30, 35 minutes. I went a little long, but we covered a lot of ground. Hopefully, you guys are a little bit more informed when you make your own playoff predictions uh, in the comments below. Uh, or as the day goes on and we they start to um, – this, this playoff picture begins to come to fruition little by little. I hope you guys can use this chart as I use this chart to kind of help me gauge – uh, this the, these wacky playoffs as uh, it's been a wacky season, but you know, gotta love baseball, and we're just now starting to see the very best. And now we don't have to worry about the scrub, the crappy teams. Uh, this is the very best that baseball has to offer, even if it gets expanded to 16 teams. I know people are complaining about that, but we are we're in for a treat, you guys. Uh, this this uh, October, we're in. I think we're in for a really memorable treat in terms of uh playoffs so hope everybody can enjoy them and uh oh we got other podcasts i keep i, I want to do better on that tomorrow dong city which i mentioned uh time and time again i only mentioned them not just to kind of uh <laughs> pick pick on them a little bit but uh, also because i do enjoy listening to vincent henry on monday nights uh tuesday night it's the audible with matt bushnell and randy hammond as they talk some pigskin uh, Wednesday nights is the step back with Leon and Jacob uh, talking some basketball. Uh, and they, I believe the, by then we should know who the uh, NBA finals series is going to be. Probably going to be the Lakers and the Heat. But uh, I think the Heat still have to win their conference outright. Don't count out the Celtics just yet. I believe I've not been paying too much attention. I did watch the Lakers game. Yeah, it's sad to see the Nuggets uh, lose that game, uh, that series, and, and kind of limping along. L literally, they're, they're, Jamal Murray is a personification of of the Nuggets uh, series against the Lakers. And uh, 
I, I saw a picture of LeBron James not quite celebrating with his teammates as uh, he had a stoic expression on his face as he knows that the job's not done quite yet. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's a tradition like no other. LeBron James in the NBA Finals. So, what, what where are we now? Thursday nights, the Pod Jobbers podcast, talking some wrestling. Uh, Jake, Charlie, and Brett talking the so talking about the uh, the real fights that happen in the squared circle over at Wrestling Life. Friday night, uh, you get more football. Life presents the Audible mid afternoon with Randy and Matt Bushnell, and then Sunday nights or Sunday mornings, I should say. There are no other podcasts on Saturday, but Sunday mornings, I start. Out, I guess I guess, I guess we start out your podcast week right here on a total basis podcast talking some advanced stats some statistical uh viewpoints fantasy baseball uh and player evaluations uh, we look forward to talking to some more minor league players as uh, we look uh, forward to the 2020 season ranking uh rankings uh not just from a fantasy standpoint but also try to do it from a, a real baseball standpoint as well uh but yeah that's that is your uh, life group podcast schedule. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will shall see you next weekend to break down some Major League Baseball playoff action. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.